Welcome back to the Servants of Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And today we're going to talk about the importance of the illumination of the Holy Spirit to the Christian life. You see, simply put, illumination in this spiritual sense is turning on the light of understanding in some area. Throughout the ages, people in every culture and religion have claimed some kind of revelation or enlightenment from God, whether true or not. And when that enlightenment deals with new knowledge or future things, we call it prophecy. When that enlightenment deals with understanding and applying knowledge already given, we call it illumination. And regarding illumination of the latter type, the question arises, how does God do it? Well, at the most basic level of enlightenment is the knowledge of sin. And without that knowledge, everything else is pointless. Psalm 18, 28 says this, you, O Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. Psalm 19, which is the longest chapter in the Bible, is a song about God's word. And in verse 130, it says, the unfolding of your word gives gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. This verse establishes the most basic method of God's illumination. When God's word enters the heart of a person, it gives light and understanding to them. It's for this reason that we are repeatedly told to study the word of God. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Verse 98 and 99 says, Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on all your statues. You see, Regular study of the Word of God will give direction and understanding in the issues of life. This is the first method of God's illumination and the starting point for us all. You see, in Psalm 119, we also find another type of illumination. Verse 18 says, Open my eyes, and I might see wonderful things in your law. These are not new revelations, but things which have been written and revealed long before, and just now understood by the reader. Similarly, verse 73 says, Your hands made me, informed me, give me understanding, and learn your commands. So the plea is for personal understanding and application of God's laws as they are studied by the individual. Fifteen times in this psalm, God is asked to teach or to give understanding regarding his laws. One passage that sometimes stirs controversy regarding illumination is John 14, 26, which says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Jesus here was speaking to his disciples in the upper room, giving them last instructions before his death. This special group of men was to be responsible for spreading the good news of Jesus Christ to the whole world. They had spent three and a half years with him, watching his miracles and hearing his teaching. They would relay those things to the rest of the world, and would need God's special help remembering those things accurately. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would teach them and remind them of what had been said, so they could give it to others, including the writing of the Gospels. This verse does not teach that the Spirit will do so with all believers, though there are other verses that speak of the Spirit's illuminating work. So what is the Holy Spirit's illuminating work in Christians' lives? Ephesians 1, 17-18 tells us that the Spirit gives wisdom and revelation concerning Jesus Christ. And he opens the eyes of understanding so that we can know God's purposes in our lives. In 1 Corinthians 2, 10-13, God has revealed His plans for us by His Spirit, who teaches us spiritual things. And the context here points to the Word of God as that which has been revealed. The Spirit of God 
Bible always point us to the Word of God for our instruction, as Jesus told his disciples in John 16, 12-15. The Spirit simply repeats what the Father and the Son have already said, and this repetition helps us to remember and to fully hear what God has already told us. Sometimes we have to hear things several times before we actually hear Him, hear them. That's where the Spirit comes in. And one thing that is sometimes overlooked in the discussion on illumination is the purpose of it. To hear some arguments, it would seem that the whole purpose of illumination is an accurate and an academic understanding of God's Word. While there's no question that God desires us to accurately understand what He has given to us, words have meaning after all, and we must pay attention to the details in those words. If, however, we stop there, we simply have an academic understanding of facts or philosophies, which those do no one any good. And going back to Psalm 119, we find purpose statements connected with illumination verses. Psalm 119.34 says, I will meditate, or excuse me, Psalm 119.27 says, I will meditate on your wonders. Psalm 119.34 says, I will keep your law and obey it with all my heart, that I might not under, that I may understand your statutes, Psalm 119.125 says, that I may live, Psalm 119.44 says. The illumination of scripture always points to action. Why does God help us to understand his word? So that we're able to live in its light. 1 John 1.6 challenges us. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. So we can paraphrase it this way. If we say we've been enlightened but walk in the darkness, um, we lie about understanding God's word. The spirit of God who enlightens us to hear and understand God's word then takes that knowledge and guides us into living in it. Romans 8.14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see, the illuminating and leading work of the Holy Spirit in our lives is a confirmation that we are indeed children of God. Let's dive further into this. You see, divine illumination and the internal testimony of the Holy Spirit are closely related. In both cases, the Spirit works in and through the inscripturated words of God's prophets and apostles. And when it comes to divine illumination, we are speaking more about the Holy Spirit's work to give us understanding of Scripture, then we are talking about the Spirit's confirmation that we are God's children, as we just talked about. There are times in our lives, though, when we're reading the Bible and suddenly we're struck by something in the text, the biblical text, that we've never noticed before. Perhaps suddenly we realize how this passage of Scripture applies to our specific context. Maybe we understand the contours of an argument that escaped us previously. These are examples of the Holy Spirit's work of illumination in our lives. In 2 Corinthians 2, 6-16, the apostle describes the work of illumination. It involves the Spirit searching the depths of God, not because he doesn't know the mind of God, for the Holy Spirit of God, but in order to grant to us the understanding the Lord wants us to have. In other words, he searches the mind of God for our sake. He does not just open our minds and hearts at conversion. Instead, he continues throughout our Christian lives to make the gospel make sense to us and convince us of its truth. See, the work of illumination does not operate by giving us secret insight that one cannot derive by reading the text in its context. The scripture is not a code book or the basis for fanciful allegorizing. Illumination rather takes what is already there and makes it real to us. Without the Holy Spirit's work of illumination, we will never understand the Bible in a saving way. Many people read the scriptures. They know what it teaches, but they never believe its message. It is not that they are somehow less intelligent. They do not believe because they have not been granted the ability to do so. You see, we should thank God every day that he has granted us the ability to trust in his word, and we may ask him to illuminate our study every time we read it. You see, once we understand the New Testament as God's final revelation, setting forth his salvation in Jesus Christ, we then may grant be able to understand 
the essential role of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth does come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. You see, the promise was given specifically to the 11 disciples, but provides the basis for their inspired writing of the New Testament. By describing the third person of the Trinity as a Spirit of truth, Jesus was acknowledging his suitability for granting this God-breathed revelation. The Spirit's character is that of truth. The Spirit has an inherent love of truth, and the Spirit has perfect knowledge of the truth, which he would commit to the apostles for the church. While divine revelation was committed to the apostles, the Spirit who revealed God's word to them continues to work today to enable Christians to believe, to understand, and adorn apostolic doctrine. Just as the Spirit guided the apostles into the knowledge and the teaching of the whole counsel of God, all the truth, the Spirit opens our eyes to the body of doctrine in the New Testament and enables us us increasingly to embrace it and to experience its power. The Spirit is our guide today, which is why Paul urges us to walk by the Spirit in Galatians 5.16 and to keep in step with the Spirit, Galatians 5.25. And we follow along with the Spirit's guidance as we study, believe, and obey His revealed Word in the Scriptures. Just as the original disciples were not ready to receive Christ's full doctrine until they received the Holy Spirit, men and women darkened through sin today need the light of the Holy Spirit to illuminate the sacred page of Scripture to their understanding. Christians should always study and always be teaching God's word, asking in prayer for the Holy Spirit, aid and power. The Spirit guides us in all truth and declares God's truth to our own spirit. And his aim in doing so is to display the glory of Christ for our faith, our adoration, and our service. John 16, 14 says, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And there are three important applications for this principle of the Spirit's Christ-centered witness. The first is that this rules out the Holy Spirit's being at work in any religion that denies Jesus Christ. We increasingly hear in our age that Jesus must be at work in other faiths. We're told that to believe that the Spirit speaks only in Christianity is an intolerable arrogance. But Jesus states that the Spirit's ministry is directed toward the revelation of his glory, declaring only the things of Christ. And thus the Spirit is at work only where the biblical teaching of Jesus is believed and proclaimed. See, what is true of false religions is also true of false professors of Christianity. Those who disobey the teaching of Scripture by deserting a spouse, pursuing an agenda of greed and pride, teaching on biblical doctrines, or worshiping according to worldly principles, only deceive themselves if they claim the leading of the Spirit who serves and glorifies Jesus Christ alone. Second, this tells us that the hallmark of the Spirit's presence and activity is an intense focus and excitement. And when the focus is placed on the Spirit himself rather than on the person and the work of Christ, and especially his sin-atoning death on the cross, we can be sure that the Spirit is not working. The third application is that the intent of the Spirit's work in our lives, and therefore the purpose of our study of the Bible and faith in his doctrines, is that we would be drawn closer to Jesus Christ. It is popular today to speak of being a spiritual person, but if we're speaking of the results of the Holy Spirit's work in our life, the result will and must always be a keener interest and delight in the Lord Jesus, a more fervent love and devotion for Jesus, a firmer trust and reliance on on Jesus in a life that is increasingly yield in obedience and service to Jesus. This is why Jesus said in John 16, 7, It is to your advantage that I go away. 
since once enthroned in heaven, he would send the Spirit, and the Spirit working with power in our hearts will draw us to a closer discipleship to Jesus than was even possible for the original disciples. Thus, by the Holy Spirit, we may possess a more blessed experience of the saving benefits that Jesus has provided for his people. You see, once we realize the purpose for which the Spirit was sent into the world, we will not only recognize that our calling is summed up in our relationship to Christ, but also realize the treasure of God for us are all found and summed up in Christ. John 16, 15 says, All the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Christian salvation is Trinitarian. It brings us the blessing of each of the persons of the glorious Godhead, God the Father to take us as his children, Christ the Savior Shepherd to gain us salvation, and the Spirit Helper to guide us into all truth and unite us to Christ, in whom all the divine blessings are found. So this raises the question, If we have Jesus through faith and in him we have the riches of God, what else do we need to live lives of peace, joy, and spiritual power? Through the God-given means of his word and of prayer, we receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He has not come to deny us riches and pleasure that we can otherwise find in the world, but so that we might enjoy true riches and true life by the Spirit and in Jesus Christ, the riches of eternal life and glory that God the Father has provided us only in his Son, the Lord Jesus. Next week, we're going to talk about the importance of hermeneutics in the Christian life. Until next time, my prayer is that the Lord will richly bless you and keep you. And if you enjoy this episode, have enjoyed this episode, I want to encourage you to tell your friends about this podcast and to share it on your social media channels. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.